listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. It's time for people to take their freedom in the Holy Ghost and uh, in the authority and dominion God's given to walk in that freedom. Too many, let me just say it this way, too many Christians are walking far below where God has called them to walk and living far below where God's called them to live. And it's the freedom we have in God's word that allows us to go higher and higher. And we're called to excel. You know, you know what we've been confessing for this year. It's never ending increase, violent increase and expedited favor. And so we're not called to fall back. We're not called to diminish. We're called to increase steadily. And the only thing I can imagine is that people don't truly know what's available to them. And the reason I say that is because once you become a Christian and once you are filled with the Holy Ghost, recognize this, the devil doesn't have power over you anymore. You're not a slave to sin. You're not a slave to demonic power. I talked about it today on the television that remember this, once you have a covenant with God and with Christ, the devil's not a part of that covenant. He's not a part of that relationship. He doesn't have power over you. You have power over him. That's exciting thought. And so when you go back to ask yourself, well, why then are so many Christians struggling? Why do so many Christians go through issues and problems? And then you recognize what the Bible actually teaches. If you go to the old covenant, what does the Bible say? My people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. Hosea 4, 6, a lack of knowledge. Bring it into the New Testament. What does the New Testament say? It says, you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. So the real reason anybody struggles is because they're lacking the truth to overcome. Lacking the truth to overcome. There's my father. Good to see you, dad. Dad's on tonight. And every night, miracles at midnight, at midnight on his uh, channel on YouTube and Facebook. Don't miss it. Starting midnight tonight and through the end of the week. You're not going to want to miss those sessions. And so I want to encourage you with this because this series is going to set some people free and it's going to cause you to elevate because the more knowledge of the word you have, did you know this? Let me, let me show you something else that you may not have heard uh, this way. When Peter is giving his greetings in the letters that he wrote, there's one thing that really stirs me up that Peter wrote because there's people that think, well, you know, God's grace or his favor is uh, something he just gives out how he sees fit. But look at this. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 2, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. How? In the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. So Peter understood it is the knowledge of God and the knowledge of Jesus Christ that causes grace and peace to be multiplied to you. So catch this. The multiplication of grace or favor in your life is based upon, according to Peter, according to the uh, what Peter wrote by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, favor and peace 
are multiplied in your life based upon your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. The only knowledge you can gain of God or Christ is found in this word. That's it. You cannot gain any other knowledge of God or Christ outside of this word. This is the revelation of his character, his nature, everything he has uh, given to you, inheritance, it's all in this word. And so what this scripture is telling us is our favor will abound. Our favor will be multiplied through our knowledge of the word. Don't worry, Letty, you're not too late. We're just, we're just getting started. Don't worry. Yep, my father's name is Ted Shuttlesworth Sr. I'm junior, he's senior. So those of you saying I want to follow his ministry, that's all you have to search, same name, and you'll find Ted Shuttlesworth, Faith Alive. And so I want you to jump in on this because tonight in session one, I'm going to deal with what I believe may be the most important aspect of mastering an area of your life. And you'll see what I mean as we jump into this, but we're talking about mastering the area of your soul, what we'll call the battleground, the soul, mastering the area of your soul. Why is this, why is this important? I'm going to explain to you why it's important. Because your spirit man, and by the way, if you don't know this, every individual is a three-part being. Let me start there. Every individual is a three-part being. You are a spirit. You have a soul. That's your mind, your will, and your emotions. You have a soul, but you live in a body. So every person is a three-part being. The real you is the spirit. You are a spirit. That's the eternal part of you. You have a soul, mind, will, and emotions, and you live inside a flesh body. And so every part of you makes up you. But understand this, we're going to deal tonight with the second part, which is the soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. I'm going to deal with that first because this is the area where most Christians never can win a victory. It's crazy. You see many, many Christians that can't get past the battle of their soul. And um, you could say, well, you know, why don't you start by teaching us on the spirit? Well, I could do that, but I want you to see this. The spirit man and the flesh man are opposed to each other. So the spirit, the real you, and this flesh body you see in the mirror, they are literally at odds with each other until your body's glorified in the rapture, until you died and are resurrected. They are opposed. Paul taught that. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 17, the Bible says, the flesh is constantly at war with the spirit. The flesh, my physical, my carnal body is constantly at war with my spirit man. And Paul taught it all throughout. Paul taught it all throughout his letters to the churches, that there's always a battle going on, an internal battle, and you have to make your flesh do what it doesn't want to do. So in the middle of this battle, imagine it. On one side, you have the flesh trying to do what it wants to do, but on the other side, you've got the spirit wanting to do what it wants to do to please the Lord, and in the middle of those two, you have the soul, the mind, the will, the emotions of a man or a woman. And so in the middle of those two, it's being yanked back and forth. Your mind is being pulled back and forth. This is why you may have heard it referred to 
as the battlefield of the mind. And I want you, those of you that are watching, I want you to put that phrase into the comments section, the battlefield of the mind. This is so important. The battlefield of the mind. It is a battlefield and it's where all battles are won or lost. They're not won or lost in the spirit. They're not won or lost in the flesh. They're won or lost in the mind. And I'm going to explain to you what I mean by that. It's not that you don't fight by the spirit. It's that this is the area of you that is pulled and will actually determine the winner, which side wins. Will your flesh win the battle or will your spirit win the battle? See, that's the question we have to come down to. Will my flesh win the battle or will my spirit win the battle? And the answer to that question is whichever side the soul sides with is the side that will win. So if your soul sides or teams up with your flesh, then your flesh will win. But if your soul teams up with your spirit, then your spirit will win. It's really an unfair fight either way because two against one is always an unfair fight. And so you have to make, and Paul teaches us how to do this, we have to make choices that cause our mind to team up with the spirit versus the flesh. And I'm going to talk to you about that tonight. And it's going to, it's going to set people free because this is where I'd say the majority, probably more than 85% of Christians battle. This is where probably more than 85% of Christians lose the fight. It's, it's where they fail to obtain the promises of God. And, and here's what's crazy. Once I say this, you'll be like, I can't believe that's true. It has nothing to do with the fact that the devil's attacking. Nothing at all. It has nothing at all to do. Let me explain to you. How could it have anything to do with the devil attacking if I'm already victorious over the devil? He has no power over me whatsoever or you. If you're a Christian, if you're a child of God, then he has no power over you whatsoever, especially if you're filled with the Holy Ghost and the Bible says you've received power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So how could an individual who has no power over you cause you to be defeated? He can't. He can't unless you surrender your power to him. And that's what many believers are doing because they fail to govern or guard their mind. And the mind is the battlefield in which you'll have to fight your battles. And so I want to show you some things that Paul taught tonight that'll open your eyes. Because remember this, perspective is key. Let me start here. Perspective, and I've taught this on the broadcast before, but you have to hear it. Perspective is key. The Bible teaches us in Proverbs 23... And verse seven, as a man thinks in his heart, the heart is one of those uh, areas that speaks of the soul. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So I always have tried to impart this thought to you. You will experience the reality of what you believe to be true. And you know that's true even in the natural realm. If you grew up in a household where they always told you you were nothing and a nobody and stupid and you can't do anything right and you're an idiot, I can't believe you'd even, you know, you're not going to ever amount to anything. If that's how you were brought up 
If that was what was ingrained into your mind, if that's what you were were forced to believe through your raising, then what happens? If that's your belief system, it's how you let people treat you. It's what you expect for your own life. Well, you know, I'm I'm stupid. You know, I don't really understand that stuff. I probably I probably couldn't get that job because I'm not that smart. You know, I've never been that smart and I'm I'm just, you know, I I and that's how people begin to expect in their own lives. It's a trick of the devil. And that's why the Bible speaks of the renewing of your mind. You've got to renew your mind. If you don't renew your mind, your mind will remain, watch this, in the old carnal way. You could be new in the spirit and old in your mind. This is crazy. This is so crazy for people. But but catch what I'm saying. And just so that you don't ever forget it, write it in the comments. I can be new in the spirit and old in my mind. Put that in the comments. I can be new in the spirit, but old in my mind. I want you to write it because we have to know this is the freedom that we've got to walk in. I could be new in the spirit, I'm a Christian, but old in my mind because I've never renewed my mind. I can still be following Christ in the spirit and have issues here because this has not been governed or renewed by the mighty word of God. This is the water that washes your mind. Love you, Joe. And so catch this. I could be new in the spirit, but old in my mind. And if I'm new in the spirit, but old in my mind, there's always going to be a stress and a tension inside my uh, life because my, my spirit man is trying to please the Lord, but my mind is old. It's unrenewed. And so it's going to continue to try to side with my flesh man. It's going to think flesh thoughts. It's going to think old thoughts. It's going to identify with old patterns of living. It's going to do what the carnal nature wants to do. And so I've got two teaming up against one and my, my flesh is pulling to please the Lord, but my, my spirit is pulling to please the Lord, but my flesh and my soul are pulling me in the carnal direction. And so now people, there's a war going on. They're pulling on the inside and they can't seem to get free. And then they start saying, well, the devil's attacking. The devil's not attacking you devil's not attacking you. He has no power over you. It's that people have not done what is necessary to gain victory over their own flesh and mind. And so catch it with me. Tonight, we're going to get free of this. Tonight, we're going to see that God has made a way for us to live in victory over that no matter what's going on, no matter what's happening around us. No, it doesn't matter what's happening around us. Yes, Tim, that's why we need the Holy Ghost. And so you can have a new spirit and an old mind. It's a, it's a terrible place to be. New spirit, old mind. And so I want to I take you into the word of God and show you some things, but we're starting in Proverbs 23, 7, because I want you to know as a man thinks in his heart. So now my thinking has to be governed not by my upbringing, not by what my parents said, because many of us had parents that did not affirm us, help us, raise us properly. Maybe you came from a broken home. Maybe you came from a, a sinner's home and you're the first generation of Christian in your bloodline. You can't depend on those that went before you to teach you godly living because you didn't have the example. 
And so I can't let my mind be governed by what they said to me coming up, the the neighborhoods I grew up in, the friends that I used to have. If I let that govern my thinking, I'll always fail. But I have to discipline myself to let my thinking be governed and directed by what the word of God says. And until I feed myself a steady diet of the word of God, I cannot renew the mind that God's given me. And I thank God because his word tells us we have access to the mind of Christ. That's powerful, man. The mind of Christ. Do you know, and I want you to say this by faith because so many people battle here. I want you to write this. I am unlimited. I want you to write that because this people struggle here, but write it, write it just before you even understand what it means, write it. I am unlimited. Put it in the comments. I am unlimited. If you're just logging on, take a minute to share it. We're talking about how to master these areas of your life that are holding people back. That's it. Put it in the comments. I am unlimited. That seems like a prideful thought, doesn't it? Seems like something, oh, he's bragging over there. She's bragging. No, no, no. I'm giving you the facts according to scripture. We are unlimited. We have unlimited strength. We have unlimited capability. We have unlimited wisdom. Think about that. You should never, ever go a day and say, well, I can't do that. I don't know how to do that. I've, I just don't, I don't know how to do I've, I've never been taught. I'm not a good learner. I'm not good with computers. I'm not good. Don't ever allow yourself to make those confessions. Instead say, I'm unlimited. I'm unlimited. I can do anything. I can do anything. You don't have to even quote, I can do all things through Christ. You don't even have to say that. I'll tell you what to say. Say, I'm unlimited. And here's why. Here's why. Because the Bible says in 1 John that the Holy Spirit teaches us all things. Hallelujah. Teaches us all things. Not some things, all things. The Bible goes on to tell us. Now think about this. Not only does the Holy Spirit teach us all things, but watch this. If there's ever a moment, go with me to uh, James chapter 1. I want to show you something that will stir you up. Love you, Ted and Ashley. Thanks for jumping on tonight. Linda, thank you. I'm unlimited. That's right. And here's what I want you to, what I want you to see. Now, I let me let me paraphrase, uh, not paraphrase, but let me let me put a little uh, caveat in there because people there's there's people that aren't you know they'll take this and run with it and say oh, I can do I can do anything in the whole world. Well, you can't jump off a building and say I'm going to fly. You understand? I'm not teaching you that you're unlimited in the sense that you can just do anything you want at any given moment. Think of it this way, and I guess a better way to write it would be, I am unlimited in my purpose. Because whatever God has called you to do, he has empowered you to accomplish it to the most excellent degree available. I'm unlimited in my purpose. There's nothing he's called me to do that I cannot accomplish or do with excellence. So maybe if you would rewrite it so that anybody that may rewatch this, say, this guy's telling people they can do anything in the world. I understand not everybody can go to the NFL. Not everybody can make it to the NBA. Not everybody's going to be in NASCAR or playing golf on the PGA Tour. I get it. This guy sitting in front of you is never going to go to the NFL. I'm never going to play. It doesn't matter how much I love basketball. I'm not going to play in the NBA. 
I don't care how much I sit here and, and declare, I'm unlimited. I'm unlimited. No, because the NBA is not part of my purpose. It's not part of my purpose, but I'm unlimited in my purpose. I want you to write that. That's it. I'm unlimited in my purpose. Because your purpose is given to you by the Holy Spirit. It's given to you by God. It governs your life. Governs your whole life. So you have the Holy Spirit who teaches you all things. So if I'm in the midst of my purpose and I've got to do or learn something in order to carry out what I've been called to do, I can never look at that thing and say, well, I don't think I'll ever be able to learn that. I just don't think I'll ever be able to understand that. I can't say that because I'm unlimited in my purpose. If he called me to do it, I have the ability, I have the, uh, the, the capability, the wherewithal to accomplish that with excellence. I'm unlimited in my purpose. And then if we ever get to a place where we say, well, I'm just having, I need more wisdom. God's got you covered. James chapter one, listen to verse five. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all and without reproach and it will be given to him. James 1, 5. You see that? James 1, 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, any of you, just let him ask God who gives to all generously and won't rebuke him for asking and it will be given to him. So not only is the Holy Spirit teaching you all things, Go even further than that. On top of that, you can ask God for more wisdom and he'll continue to compound wisdom and add it onto your life until you abound in wisdom. Hallelujah. Until you abound in wisdom. People watching me tonight, you're getting ready to abound in wisdom in Jesus' name. What my confession is over you, what I'm believing God for you, is that you are a supernatural problem solver in this generation. That you will be pursued as a Holy Ghost-filled believer, and you'll be pursued at the highest levels to solve problems that other people can't solve, and you'll be paid for your trouble, and you'll be ones that nobody else could figure out how to do it. God anointed you and anointed your mind and showed you how to do it, and because you're the problem solver, you'll be pursued and you'll be blessed above the rest. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You look all through the Old Testament and the New. That's people needed problem solvers. People will always need problem solvers. Daniel got called in front because he was a problem solver. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Joseph, David, they all got called in front because they were problem solvers. You'll be pursued for the problems that you solve and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit will cause you to solve them. And if you need more wisdom, just ask the Lord. And your purpose will explode in productivity. Explode. You'll never move backwards. You'll never diminish. You'll only increase because of your divine wisdom. Hallelujah. Because of your divine wisdom. But you got to take control. Take control of this mind. Take control of the soul realm. Your mind, what you think, your will, what you want to do, and your emotions emotions will destroy, destroy your life and purpose. If you allow emotions to be the governing factor in your life, your purpose, your mission, you without a doubt 
will be destroyed. I promise you that. One of the things I wrote, brand new book, Further Faster, one of the things I wrote was the best defense is no offense. You know, for years they say the best, a good offense is the best defense. You know, that was a sports analogy. You know, the best defense is a good offense. And I rewrote that is the best defense is no offense. <laughs> Meaning I'll never be offended. You couldn't offend me if you tried. You have to stay in love. You have to walk in peace and enjoy. I don't allow my mind to get offended. I don't allow myself to be put off by what other people are doing because offense is an emotion and then it turns into a spiritual problem. But if I allow my emotions to be destroyed because somebody did something, what's going on? Now I'm I'm causing my own uh, purpose to be destroyed because of an external event. Somebody else said something. Now I'm offended. Now I'm all bent out of shape. And now my emotions are out of whack. And I'm walking in anger and frustration. And I can't function in my purpose because I didn't guard my own soul. Offense, offense takes place. You know, I'll say it this way. I heard a preacher say it. He said, offense is an action. But being offended is a choice. Think about that. Offense is an action. Somebody can commit an offense against you. They committed an offense, but being offended is a, is a choice. Offense is an action. Being offended is a choice. I want you to put that. So many Christians struggle with this. It will blow your mind. Put it in the comments. Offense is an action. Being offended is a choice. That's right. Offense is an action. Thank you, Ariana. But being offended is a choice. Put it in the cup. Because here's why. If you realize there's always going to be somebody that does something dumb. No question. There's always going to be somebody that does something that you don't agree with or does something against you that you should get angry over. But then you have to make a decision. Yes, they did it. Yes, they said it. Yes, they went there. Yes, they went behind my back. Yeah, they talked about me. Yeah, they gossiped. Yes, they... Whatever, but that, that's an offense and an offense is an action, but being offended, that's a choice. That's a choice. I had somebody, I was talking to somebody recently and I hadn't talked to him in a little while and they said, well, I know you really don't, I don't, I know you really don't like me. And I thought to myself, I don't, I don't dislike them at all. <laughs> you know, I don't, I, I thought to myself, why would they say that? Somebody said that to me recently and they, they were kind of saying that, you know, when it's kind of a joke, but they really, you know, they really mean it. And guy was talking to him. He said, well, I, yeah. And he said, yeah, I know you really don't like me, but you know, and I thought to myself and I said it to him, I said, of course not. I said, I love you. I don't dislike you at all. You know, I, and, and, and whatever people, people get this mind mindset. Well, you know, cause things have happened in the past. Let me tell you something. I'm not holding grudges against anybody. I don't dislike, I'm not sitting around brooding or uh, upset. Oh, and there have been people that have done the wrong things against me and against Carolyn. I don't sit around, think to myself, I can't wait till they fall. I'll be able to point my finger and say, see, you should have treated us right. No, 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 no. I'm not holding anything against anybody. I love, I love people. I love people. And so you have to understand if you have somebody that offends you or they commit an offense against you, it is now, the ball is now in your court. And now you've got to say, I refuse to be 
offended. You couldn't offend me if you tried your hardest on your best day and my worst day. I, I, I refuse to be offended. See, it's a part of the mind. You have to govern your soul. You have to govern your emotions. Your emotions are part of your soul realm. And too many people, too many people make decisions based upon their emotions. If you do that, then you're not making them based upon the word of God. The word of God supersedes your emotions. It goes above your emotions. Because remember this, if you're not careful, your emotions are from the carnal part of you. They're from the flesh part of you. So if you allow them to govern you, then emotions can cheat you. Emotions can trick you. And they should they tell you that you should act in a certain way when in reality you shouldn't. Right? That's why, remember this. I'll, let me give you an example. Remember this. Um, all, of, all of the fruit of the Spirit are not feelings. They're choices. Remember that. I call them the personality traits of Jesus Christ, the fruit of the spirit. Remember, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith, temperance. The nine fruit of the spirit, they're not feelings, they're choices. And that's why they're called the fruit of the spirit because they come from him. See, because as a, as a human being, you don't have the ability to in your flesh walk in unconditional love all the time. No human does. Remember that. No human has the ability to walk in unconditional love all the time unless the Holy Spirit is helping you. And if he's empowered you, and if he's the one indwelling you and giving you that power, then you can choose to walk in love at any given moment. But that's not natural. That's not fleshly. That's not in the, you're not doing that by your carnal nature. It is the Holy Spirit in you that allows you to walk in love at any given moment. There's times where you feel like smacking people. You know, this dude, what in the world is this dude saying to me? There's people that'll tell you off and bite your head off and fly off the handle at you and all this stuff. And you feel like I could smack this person right in the side of the head. And be done with them for the rest of my life. But you know what you actually do? You smile and you walk in love and you say, well, that's all right. No, don't think, don't think anything about it. And you walk in love. It's not, let me tell you something. That's not easy to do, but that's because it doesn't come from the flesh. It comes from the spirit, comes from the Holy Ghost. It's a fruit of the spirit. You know, you start hearing, for example, you hear people, uh, if, if somebody preaches on self-control, You'll hear, you'll hear dummies get in and say, well, they're preaching that self-help gospel. No, self-control is not a self-help gospel because no human being can control themselves. None. That's why you need the Holy Spirit's help because without the Holy Spirit, there is no control. I mean, read, read Romans chapter one. That's why the Bible says that God, even though he showed his existence through creation, even though he showed himself to be real, people just rejected the knowledge of the truth and then did whatever they wanted to do. They didn't control themselves. Or just remember this and, and write it in the comments because this, this needs to be heard and said. People left to their own devices will never control themselves. People left to their own devices will never control themselves. They'll do whatever feels good, whatever seems good, whatever the easy path is. Remember that. 
people that are left to their own devices will never control themselves. That's why self-control is a fruit of the Spirit because it comes from the Holy Spirit's power. And if you're going to control this mind and overcome, see, this is the first area of your life that you must master. You have to master the mental part of your life. If you don't, you'll never win victories ever. I don't care how much you go to church. I don't care how much you pray in the Holy Ghost. I don't care how much you know you give in the offering. It doesn't matter. If you don't control this, everything else will break down. Everything will break down. Everything will break down. You have to, have to control your mind. How am I going to do that? How am I going to do that? Well, let me show you. Let me show you a couple of things from Scripture in the New Testament that will help you. First, let's go to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, let's look at what Paul said. Look at this. Philippians 4, and let's read um, verse 8. Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, um, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What was Paul teaching them? That by the Holy Ghost, you can control the things you think about. Well, brother, you know, I can't, I can't control the thoughts that pop into my mind. Maybe not, but you can choose whether or not you dwell on them or not. Philippians chapter four and verse eight. Let me read it again. It says this, finally, brothers, whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So Paul's telling the, ch- the church or the, the Philippian believers very clearly, choose very carefully what you think about. Choose very carefully what you think about. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23, above all else, guard your heart for out of it flow the issues of life. Do you see that? Above all else, guard your heart because out of your heart flow the issues of life. What does that mean? Well, remember this, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks and the things you say have power to create life or death. So the things that you're confessing are being shot out of a mouth that's speaking by what's filled up the heart. That's why it's so important to guard what you're thinking about. Above all else, guard this heart. How do you guard this heart? By 
determining what things that I will think about. What will I dwell on? What will I give my time to? What will I allow myself to watch and come in through the eye gate, the ear gate? What am I listening to? What am I watching? What environment am I creating for myself? Because everything that's going into me is filling this heart. And when this heart gets full of something, it then begins to spout it out of my mouth. And once it goes from here to here, it turns into the power of life and death. You catch that. Once it goes from here to here, it comes out as life or death. Hallelujah. You got to see that. That's why I am purposely filling this with a fuel that when it comes out of here, it is life fuel. I am filling my existence and my purpose and my family with life that comes out of my mouth because I'm guarding this. I'm filling this with a fuel that once it comes out of the spout, the power of God is being released on the earth in my life, in my house, in my kids, in my wife, in my body, in my finances, in my ministry. Fuel that filled my heart became the words that came out of my mouth because I'm setting my mind on things above. Hallelujah. That's what, if you go over one, one book, Colossians three, verse two, set your minds, set your minds on things above, not on things that are on the earth. So you have the power and you have the ability to purposely set your mind. Paul didn't teach anywhere that people just don't have control of their mind. Nowhere does Paul teach Christians that they don't have control of their mind. He taught that they had full control of their mind, full, full control. And the Bible actually teaches that we have access to the mind of Christ. So if we have access to the mind of Christ and from what Paul seemed to write to the churches, we have the ability to set our minds on things above. We have the ability to choose what types of things we think about and dwell upon. And because we do, we're in full control by the spirit of our mind. The devil's not in control of my mind. He is not in control of my mind. See, and this is where winning the battle of your mind takes over because there are things that will be sent to you from the enemy. Of course, the enemy will try to send things to you, thoughts, suggestions, uh, things that are... uh, there for you to try to dwell upon. I remember watching one time, uh, and this, this so blew my mind. It was a, <laughs> Hey Chad, it, it was a uh, documentary about a serial killer. And the thing that stood out the most to me about the whole documentary was that he said, this was his own testimony. They asked him how he got started in becoming a killer. And he said, you know, when I was just by myself at home, I would sit there and I would think these thoughts. I'd have these imaginations. And he'd say, I'd think to myself, well, what if I was just driving home one night on a dark road or whatever, and I saw, you know, a hitchhiker? What if I, what if I picked him up and then, you know, then he'd let himself go further? And what if I drove him out to a certain place? And then what if I killed him? Then what would I do with their body? And, and then he, in his mind, he just was constantly meditating, constantly dwelling 
on this scenario of what he would do to kill people and to get away with it. And let me tell you something, if you allow yourself, and of course he wasn't a Christian, but if you allow yourself to constantly fill your heart with wrong thoughts, let me give you an idea here. The devil will give you an opportunity to carry those thoughts out into real life. He will give you the opportunity. He will provide the opportunities for you to act out the realities of the thoughts that you've left unguarded. It's like when I was a youth pastor, I would have all kinds of young people that would come to me all the time. Um, and they'd say, well, you know, Pastor Ted, I just don't know. It's it's just so hard because, you know, I, I want to be pure. I want to live for the Lord and everything. But, you know, it's so hard, the temptation with these girls or with these guys, you know. And, and they'd always talk to me about how hard it was to, to live free from temptation um, with the opposite sex in high school and all this stuff. And, you know, I always went to one thing, always went back to one thing with them. I'd say, bring me your phone. Bring me your, back then, bring me your iPod. Let me, let me, let me take a look at your playlist. Let me see what you're listening to. That was always the first question I wanted to ask. Let me see what you're listening to. Let me see what you're pumping into your spirit, man, day after day on the bus, while you're at school, while you're at lunch, when you're at home in your room, what music, what are the lyrics that are filling and creating pictures? As my Bishop says, painting pictures on the canvas of your mind. What, what pictures are being painted? Are you just listening to, you know, R&B and hip hop and songs that are just filled with sexual pictures? Are you filling yourself with music that's objectifying women? That's just, you know, uh, because if that's what you're filling, the, the fuel that you're filling your heart with is setting you up to take an action. Man, I, I wish people get this tonight because this will change your whole life. Put it in the comments and please, every person listening to me, Write this down in your notes or in your Bible. The fuel that you're filling your heart with is putting you in position to take an action. The fuel that you're filling your heart with is putting you in position to take an action. And so what's happening? Well, the thing that's happening is my mind is now being governed by thoughts that are from constant listening to R&B and to listening to hip hop and listening to pop, all this pop music and what is all of it talking about, you know, sexual situations and guys and girls and, you know, objectifying people and, and what's ended up happening. It governs, you know, they've even proven this. Do you know they've proven this in the pornography industry? Do you know they've proven that people like the majority, think about this. Now think about what I'm talking about because this will blow your mind. Did you know that they said over 90% of rapists, I'm gonna say it slowly so you hear what I'm saying. Over 90% of rapists have a pornography problem or addiction. You think about that. Let it sink in to your heart. Over 90% of rapists have a pornography addiction and problem. Well, what's happening? They, they don't care anymore. So the, filling their heart with pornography, filling their heart with the things that are evil has changed their whole mindset about what women are, what they have, what rights they have, all this other stuff causes them to become objects in their mind, takes their value away, and now it forces them. What happens? The fuel that they filled their heart with is putting them in position to take an action. 
I'm just telling you right now, the fuel that you fill your heart with is putting you in position to take an action. And the action will be determined by the fuel. The action, whether it's pleasing to God or displeasing to God, will be determined by the fuel that's going in. That is why. This right here is why. Because if you don't think that a Christian can fall into a pornography addiction, then you don't understand the statistics of what's going on in America and around the world right now. You don't know that they say that the average Christian looks at pornography at least once a week. The average. Think about this. Think about this. Ministers have have admitted to this in polls. Think about it. If you think Christians are just out there, every one of them living a holier-than-thou lifestyle with no problem. I'm telling you, there are Christians that struggle. What are you telling me? There's no Christians that battle depression? No Christians that have anxiety attacks? Are there no Christians battling suicidal thoughts? Of course there are. Of course there are. They're all through the body of Christ. But does it have to be that way? No, absolutely it does not. Absolutely it does not. And so what do you've got what what have you got to do? You've got to take control over your mind and take control over your emotions and take control over the thoughts and do not allow them to govern you, you govern them. You've got to learn how to set your mind. I said it. If listen, if you don't want your house to be 76 degrees, then go over to the thermostat and set it. That's the whole point. That's the whole point. If you don't want your house to sit there at 76 degrees, go over to the wall and set the thermostat to what you want it to be. Oh, hallelujah. Think about this. Think about this. Because the thermostat is just a tiny little thing. Just a tiny little thing on the wall. But it governs the atmosphere of the entire house. Think about it. House is 76. I want it at 72. I go over to the wall. I turn it down to 72 where it's at 76. And it's just a tiny little thing and a little course change. And in just a little while, I can feel the difference in my room and in my house. And the whole atmosphere starts to change because I made a change on a little thing on the wall that's going to govern an entire house. If you don't like where you're at, switch it. If you don't like what your thoughts are producing, switch them. Set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth. Whatsoever things are pure, holy, you see what I mean? Worthy of praise. You have to go through these this list that Paul set up and say, listen, I refuse it. It, it doesn't mean those things won't try to pop into your head. It doesn't mean the enemy won't try to tempt you. Of course he will. Of course he will. Yes, we know that. We know it happens all the time. But what does happen after the enemy tries to tempt you? You answer with the word of God. That's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus did. Go read his temptation. The devil would come up and give him a temptation. And what would he say? It is written. You smack the devil in the head with a word from God. You smack him across the head with a word from God. And every time Jesus would respond, it is written, the devil would have nothing to say and would have to go to do something else. 
And then by the time he was done with all the temptations, the Bible said the devil had to depart from him and try to find, try to come back at a more opportune time. Hallelujah. You know what that means? It means that when you answer with the word of God, it is an inconvenient time for your enemy. Anytime you employ the word of God against the devil, it makes it an inconvenient time for temptation. And you determine that. I've got to allow myself to be washed by the water of the word. Washed by the water of the word. Ephesians chapter five. Washed by the water of the word. You are not a slave to thoughts. You're not a slave to environments. You're not a slave to suggestions. You're not a slave to any of those things. The devil doesn't have power over you. You have power over him. And you've got, as I had you write earlier, you're unlimited. You're unlimited in wisdom. You're unlimited in spiritual strength. You're unlimited in power. And now you have to employ that power and say, from this night, I refuse to sit back on and dwell on things that have no virtue, that have no praise, that aren't worthy to be, they're not, these things are not high and lifted up. I'm not setting my mind up high. I'm not setting on things above. I'm thinking of things that are down below, filthy things. So what am I going to do? Take captive. Hallelujah. I'm going to show you a verse that's going to get you shouting in just a second. It's going to get you shouting. Listen to this. Go with me to 2 Corinthians 10.5. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody's getting free tonight, I'm telling you right now. Getting free. Thoughts are not going to bind you. Your mind's not going to hold you back. You're not going to allow a thought process, a, a, a way that you were brought up, a mindset. None of this is going to chain you and hold you anymore. You're coming out by the power of the Holy Ghost and freedom's going to be yours in Jesus' name. 2 Corinthians 10, let me read it to you. I'll read verses 4 and 5. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 4 and 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Verse 5, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And look at this, take every thought captive and make it obey Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Take every thought captive to obey Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So look at this. I want you to write this because maybe nobody's ever told it to you this way before. Put it in the comments like this. I'm anointed to make thoughts prisoners. Put that in the comments. I'm anointed to make thoughts prisoners. Taking every thought captive. I'm making it my captive. And then what? I make it obey Jesus Christ. I make every thought obey Jesus. Jesus Christ. That's what 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says. Taking every thought captive and making it obey Christ. I'm anointed to make thoughts prisoners. I am anointed to make thoughts prisoners. I refuse. Hallelujah. Ariana, do me a favor. Put 2 Corinthians 10, 4, and 5 in the comments in the New Living Translation for me. 
Put it up in the New Living Translation as well. I just read the ESV. That's right. Put it in the comments. I'm anointed to make thoughts prisoners. If not, see, watch this. If you don't, your thoughts will make you a prisoner. You see that? You will either make thoughts prisoners or your thoughts will make you a prisoner, just like they did to that man who became a killer. His thoughts, his what he allowed himself to dwell on, the thing that he constantly fantasized about, it made him a prisoner. Either you make thoughts prisoners or they'll make you a prisoner. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. I will experience the reality of what I believe to be true. No question. I'll experience the reality, thank you, Jesus, of what I believe to be true. And see, this is where it flips on us. This is where it flips to the good side because when I start pumping into my spirit, see, if you've ever wondered, because I've had people like literally get in touch with me and ask me, bro, why do you do so much stuff? Like I've actually had people call and ask me this. They'll text me, bro, why do you put out, you put out so much content. Why do you put out so much stuff? I'm going to give you the answer, but let me read the new living first for, for Ariana. Just put it in. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. People say, why do you put out so much content? Why are you going live twice a day? Why are you putting out so many books? Why are you writing articles? Why do you have Miracle Word Radio? Why do you have Miracle Word University? Why did you put the, all the stuff out on the app? Why do you have Bible reading plans? Why, why are you putting out so much content? Here's the answer. The answer is this. I'm, I'm just providing you with fuel to pump your heart full of. Just fuel for life. Fuel for life every day. I'm just giving you fuel, fuel, fuel to bring life to your heart. And see, this is, this is it. This is where you win the war. You pump yourself so full of faith fuel that you couldn't find yourself in doubt. I can't even imagine myself at this point in my life, you know, 38 years old. I can't even imagine. I've been in revival services every night of my life since I was two weeks old, two weeks, 38 years later of filling myself with this. I can't even imagine myself being in a place of doubt and unbelief. I cannot even imagine it. I can't. Why? Because I've so filled my heart with faith fuel that when I'm squeezed, that's what comes out. That's you'll never hear. I can't even imagine walking around with a negative confession. I can't, I laugh actually trying to imagine myself going around. Well, you know, we all get sick sometimes. You know, I, I, I laugh because I can't even imagine myself saying something as stupid as that. <laughs> We all get sick sometimes. You, you, I just don't talk like that. I just don't talk like that. Well, you know, we all fall, but the big thing is we get back up. I don't talk like that. I'm not making plans to fall. Who makes plans to fall? It's stupid. 
Well, you know, we all fall, but the real important thing is we keep getting back up every time we fall. I'm not making plans to fall. Of course, people who fall should get back up. Yes. But like, you know, we, people go around and make that their, they make that their mantra. Like, you know, like they're going to just like preparing everybody. I'm imperfect. I just want to prepare everybody. I'm going to drop a few F-bombs. If you make me mad, I might smack you around a little bit and then go get drunk. But listen, we all fall. We just got to get back up again. You're like, what a stupid thing. Just don't plan to fall. Keep on rising. Like Ariana said, keep on rising. Keep on rising. Never ending increase. It's a year of violent increase and expedited favor. This is our month of miracles. Don't plan to fall. You plan to rise. You don't plan to fall. You plan to rise. And that's the key. We will rise and never stop rising. You pump yourself full of faith fuel. Pump it. Full of faith fuel. Now, let me give you a couple of things practically that'll help you before I pray for you, because this needs to be taught, needs to be said. I don't want to just let you go away thinking, man, that was good. I want you to have things you can do. I want you to have things you can do. One thing you should do right off the bat is you should obviously guard your heart as I taught. Guard what you hear. There's some people that are so beaten down by news reports. I promise you this. So beaten down by news reports, they can't find it in their heart to have faith. They have so many reports about what's going on around the world and what's going on with this crisis and they're reading something, you know, 52 times a day. Be very careful filling your heart with natural reports released by men. Be very careful. Very careful. You've got an issue if you spend more time listening to the news than you do reading the word or listening to preaching and teaching. You have an issue because it will bite you. You can act like it doesn't. Well, I'm full of the Holy Ghost. I'm just trying to get that. No, it will bite you because there's a limited capacity and you will fill yourself. There could Remember this because Jesus isn't dumb. There, If there's not a limited capacity, there could never be an abundance of your heart. Something will fill the majority of of your heart, out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth will speak. So if you allow yourself to just be filled and filled and filled with natural reports by men and listening to the news and listening to the morning show and listening to the news at night, getting every time you're on, you're listening to this Fox news in your ear while you're working. If that's what you're doing and you listen and, and watch more of that than you do preaching and teaching and reading the word of God, just mark it down in your book you will fail. A spirit of fear will come on you. No question. Because that's what they peddle. They peddle a spirit of fear. And you have an issue if that's that's the majority of what's in your heart. I refuse it. I refuse it. I don't even watch the news. You know, this whole time through, through, this, through this entire crisis, I've not watched the news. And, and do you know what? I'm still doing great. <laughs> Didn't affect me. Didn't throw me off my purpose. Didn't throw me into a tailspin. Didn't affect what I could do, what I couldn't do. I'm still the same. Same as I've always been. Still just as blessed with probably more joy and peace than I've ever had. And nobody, I'm never going to allow my, my home and my, my life to be, you know, filled with something that attacks my faith. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And I'm not saying you have to be ignorant of the news or not watch the news. But, you know, what's the point? That's, you have to ask yourself, what's the point? What is the point? What's the point? You know, why would you 
spend your time watching that when you could be pumping yourself full of faith and going to the next level spiritually and in your life. Think about it. What's the point? Fill yourself. Now, let me give you some fuel here. Number one, fill yourself with the word of God personally. Do your own Bible reading. That's why we're taking you through the New Testament uh, this month in 30 days. If you haven't got on it, jump on with us, miracleword.com forward slash study. If you don't know about it, jump in with us. We're doing it right now, the Bible study uh, session. So fill yourself with the word, number one. Number two, fill yourself with preaching and teaching about the word because we need men of God and women of God in our lives. We need it We need it very much or else God wouldn't have established it and put it in the church. We need it. You'll not get just for yourself what a man of God has spent his whole life receiving from the Lord. Just in the same way, I won't know anything about surgery that a, a surgeon has spent his whole life studying about. I could read a book on surgery, but I'm not going to have the insights that a surgeon has who does it for a living. And in the same way, it's not that you can't know those things. It's that God has positioned men and women of God on the earth to impart those things to you. So read your word for yourself and then listen. That's why we put out Miracle Word Radio. I want to encourage you. If you haven't downloaded our free app, it's free. You just search Miracle Word in in the Google Play Store or in the Apple App Store. It's a free app. Inside the app is Miracle Word Radio. It doesn't cost anything. You can listen to me preach, teach uh, 24 hours a day if you wanted to. Put it on while you're sleeping. Put it on the car on the way to work, while you're cleaning the house, whatever. And build your faith. Build your faith. Our YouTube channel, which is almost at 20,000 subscribers. If you've not subscribed to our YouTube channel, go tonight and help me out and subscribe. Go tonight and do it. I've got... Tons of videos, over a million views. People have been to the channel building their faith. Be one of those. Build your faith on a daily basis. We do these broadcasts twice a day. What You think I just don't have anything to do? I've got so many things to do. But I love you and I want to build your faith. I want to give you faith fuel. I want to give you, yeah, Allison, Alexa plays Miracle Word Radio. If you have an Alexa device, you can literally turn that uh, skill on. You turn the Alexa skill for Miracle Word Radio and just say, Alexa, play Miracle Word Radio. You can say, Alexa, play the, play the Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. podcast and it'll start playing. We've made it as easy as possible for you to get in on that. Literally. So read the word for yourself. Number two, um, listen to preaching, teaching daily as you're doing right now. Then number three, praise and worship the Lord. Spend time in his presence praising and worshiping him. Put on some anointed, not weepy, sad, defeated, quote-unquote, worship. Listen to stuff that's full of faith and full of the word. Put it on and just, you know, dance around your house. Give God praise around your house. We do it with our kids. Read the word, listen to preaching and teaching, and then praise and worship the Lord. Praise and worship the Lord on a daily basis. I'll give you another one. Pray. Pray for at least an hour a day. Pray in tongues. Pray in tongues throughout your day. Why do I say that? Because Jesus told the disciples, he said, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. For the spirit is willing, 
but the flesh is weak. Matthew 26, 41. Your flesh is weak. That's why you have to make your spirit strong so that it overcomes the flesh, overcomes the soul. And prayer is one of the ways that you do that. It's one of the ways that you stay strong and stay free from sin. Pray. So what am I telling you? Read the word on a daily basis. Listen to preaching and teaching. Number two, praise and worship the Lord. Pray and pray in tongues on a daily basis. Not once a week, you know, not once a month, every single day. Pump yourself full. Pump yourself full. Pump yourself full. And then let me say this. This also helps it as well. Begin to speak. Here, here, let me give you something that's kind of a secret here. It's not, but it is. Joshua chapter one, this is something people don't talk about often, but confessions, confessions are important. They are important because if the abundance of your um, heart is what your mouth speaks, then you, did you ever think about this? You can govern your own fuel, your ear gate, your eye gate, what goes into your heart. You can govern it by what you say. Did you ever think about that? Even if you're at a place where you don't fully, you know, you're not fully over the line where you're believing like like we are right now, but maybe you're on the line saying, man, I I wish I had faith like that. Form that faith in your own spirit. Put it down, literally put it down on a sheet. Make yourself one. Or you know what you could do? Use the one we, we give you for the kids, Miracle Word Kids. I'm powerful. I'm wealthy. I'm wise, I'm mighty, I have honor, I have glory, I have blessing. Seven things we confess over your kids. And and we've given you posters, we've given you all kinds of stuff for the kids. If you don't have your own that you sat down and uh, have written, then just use the kids one until you have it. And I'm going to show you why in a minute. You can hear your own self speaking, you can build your own faith by hearing yourself speak the word. So start confessing it. Just start saying what the Bible says about you. I thank you, Lord, that I am powerful. Your word says that I'll receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon me. So I thank you, Lord, that I'm filled with power. I thank you that I'm filled with Holy Ghost power. I thank you, Lord, that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. That resurrection life spirit dwells in me, and I walk around this earth with resurrection power on the inside of my body. I thank you, Lord, that I am wealthy, that you have purchased wealth for me. You became poor so that through your poverty, I could become rich. I thank you, Lord, that your word declares that as we sow, as we give, it'll be given unto us, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Will you cause men to give into our bosom and people are coming today to bless me and I'll have more than enough. I'll be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. I'll be blessed coming in, blessed going out, blessed in the city, blessed in the field. I thank you that my basket will be blessed, my storehouse will be blessed. Whatever I set my hand to do will be blessed. You'll open the good treasury of the heavens and pour out a blessing I don't have room enough to contain. You just start talking. Just start letting your, health, your your own ears hear you speaking the goodness of God's word over your life. And then it's, it's crazy because it's like a loop. It's coming out of my mouth, but then it's going back in my ears and then it's filling my heart and then it's coming out of my mouth, going into my ears, filling my heart, coming out of my mouth. You're creating your own faith loop by confessing what the word of God says that you are and do it daily. You should have a written out confession. And you know, that you confess daily, that you confess on a daily basis. Hallelujah. Where's my phone? I want to see if I still have the one from my friend, uh, pastor Brian, because we have ours. 
But I want to see, um, because Pastor Brian uh, Wright had come up with his own, and I don't know if I still have it in here, but he had such a great confession for the kids because I was telling him how we have one for our kids, but he has one that they do in there uh, for their family. I want to see if I have it in here because it's powerful. And then he, what does he do? He also creates for himself a trigger, which is also cool because a trigger, and this is helpful, even businesses use this. What do I mean by a trigger? Um, it's something in your day that reminds you to do a certain thing. So for example, his trigger, Pastor Brian Wright, is whenever he looks at his watch or looks at his phone and sees that all the numbers are the same. So for example, his trigger will be it's 3.33 in the afternoon or it's 11.11, whatever it might be. And then he begins to uh, confess. I should have asked him. No, there it is. I found it. Then he begins to confess what their confession is. And so he'll say, okay, and I'll hear him do it. And he's got it to where his kids will do it. His kids will say it. They know it by heart. And this is what he said. Uh, this is Pastor Brian's. This is Pastor Brian's uh, confession. He'll say, "All right, it's three thirty-three. We walk in the full manifestation of our inheritance in Christ. We are out of debt, and we carry a debt-canceling anointing, and we flow in supernatural abundance for every good work. We have divine health in our bodies now, and we carry an anointing for divine healing. We hate sin, walk in holiness, and are anointed by God." Every weapon formed against us is exposed, will not prosper, and is destroyed. We, are, we keep increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man, and the struggle is over. And so every time they, they look at that, they may do it three, four times a day. It's 444. You know, it doesn't matter what, the, they, they find that trigger, whatever it might be. You know, for example, I, I had a friend that wanted to trigger himself to do better with working out. And so if he couldn't do it going to the gym all the time, what he did just for his own mental uh, setup was he put a pull-up bar outside of on the, on the doorpost of his bedroom. And so he said, every time he said, I just made up my mind. Every time I go in to my bedroom, I got to do two pull-ups. If I come out of my bedroom, I got to do two pull-ups. So every day, every time he was going in and out of his bedroom, I had to do two pull-ups going in, two pull-ups going out. He might be doing 30, 40, 50 pull-ups a day. But what is it? It's a trigger. It's something that triggers my mind. Oh, that's right. I've got to do that. It's something that reminds you that, yes, I've got to do that now, whatever it might be. You know, there's people that'll put something. You remember, there's people that used to actually tie a thread on their finger to remember something. They tie a red thread on their finger when they look, oh, that's right. I remember to do this. Whatever you've got to do, set yourself up with a trigger so that, you know, if it's something where you put it in your car, you get in to go to the work, you see it on your uh, on your rear view mirror, you've taped a post-it note or whatever it might be. It's on your mirror in your bathroom so that you remind yourself, I got to confess over my life today. I've got to say what God's word says over my life today. I've got to make a decision to put my mouth on the word of God, align myself with what God said and watch as increase hits my life. And I take control of my soul by not saying what I feel, but saying what God said. If I say what God said, I can never be wrong. If I say what I feel, I can be wrong. But notice what God told Joshua when he took over the children of Israel. He said, take this book of the law and don't let it depart from your 
mouth. You catch that? Don't let it depart from your mouth. That means he's speaking it, not just thinking it, not just hearing it. Joshua is speaking it. You've got to keep the word of God in your mouth on a daily basis. Keep it in your mouth. Speak it every time. Every time something arises, you speak faith instead of fear. You speak belief instead of doubt. You do not allow yourself. And then what happens is, as you're setting your mind, you are setting your atmosphere. Then you watch depression has to leave you. Suicidal thoughts have to leave you. Anxiety and heaviness have to leave you. All these different things that tried to hang around. These thoughts that tried to control you, they have to leave you because you set your mind on things above and not on things of this earth. And so I'm gonna pray for you tonight. There's people that are watching. You need a breakthrough in your own life. And really, it's not the devil. You've thought, well, the devil's attacking. It's not the devil that's coming against you. He has no power over you, but you've got to win the war on the battlefield of your mind. And so the key is that by the inspiration and power of the Holy Ghost, you've got to take control of your soul. Take control of your soul. Uh, Those of you that are watching, last thing I'll have you type in the comments section, hashtag control your soul. Hashtag control your soul. Put it in the comments section and never forget it. Hashtag control your soul. It's so vital. It's so vital. And I want you to put it in the comments. It'll help you to remember for the rest of your life. My soul doesn't control me. I control my soul. Hallelujah. It doesn't control me. I control my soul. Hashtag control your soul. Father, I pray in Jesus' name for every person watching right now. Lord, we will not lose these battles. We'll not lose the battle in our mind. But tonight I pray for every man and woman watching, those that may come and watch the replay, those that are listening on the podcast. I thank you today, Lord, that the mighty power of your spirit has come upon us. We are not defeated. We cannot be taken out. The devil doesn't have power over us. We have power over him. And tonight, by the anointing of the Holy Ghost, we take control of every thought. We bring it into captivity by the power of the Spirit of God, making it obey Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord, that joy fills our hearts, peace fills our minds, love fills our relationships, and will not be destroyed. We'll not be destroyed by our thoughts, our mind, our will, our emotions. Our emotions won't govern us. Our thoughts won't govern us. But it'll be your mighty word that governs our lives and takes us into never-ending breakthrough in Jesus' mighty name. We give you praise for it, and we thank you that from this night forward, we set our minds on things above. Nothing will take us out. In Jesus' mighty name, we take mastery of the area of the soul in Jesus' mighty name. Holy Spirit, help us, strengthen us, give us wisdom, give give us revelation, give us a hunger for your presence. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you and we give you praise. If you believe it and if you're agreeing with me tonight, throw some fire in the comments section and let me know you believe God and that it is done taking mastery and control of your soul in Jesus' mighty name. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.